Welcome in, folks. You are listening to RFK Refugees. You have John here. You do not have your normal Ted here, but I have a different Ted who you may be interested in hearing from. Ted Cudibiatro of Loud United is here. Uh, thank you for joining us, Ted. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on your 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 new deal, your new signed deal. And I assume that that was pretty much a formality at this point. You were ready to rock for 2021. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's been a deal for a while now. I just had to put the pen to paper. So. Is it so? Is it is it like that? Is it like this one year, one year, one year thing for your benefit, for the team's benefit? How does that is that just the way that that Loudon does it, or? Uh, I think that's standard for most USL contracts, but also being a young player, I think that's how it yeah. is being done. Flexibility for both parties. Yeah, okay. that's, that's that's good. Um, so I think I, I know that I was not a, a a really close follower of the DC United Academy, and and I think I probably saw you first when everybody else saw you first or a lot of people saw you first at the 2019 GA cup and, yeah. the, YouTube, and the YouTube video that you had to have watched a couple times by now. I, I mean, I don't know how many times, but it's a yeah. pretty, pretty great goal. Probably watched a little bit. Um, talk to me about your Academy experience and sort of uh, the, the, you know, where you got from where you started from and to now where you're at now in the pros, how did that, did that process look like for you? Oh, that process, it was crazy. To be honest, it was, uh, really big transition because I played high school sophomore year and I played with Arlington and then I went straight into the academy in, in the summer with the U-17s and then I just I basically went from a kid to an actual teenager even though I was a teenager at that point but yeah it was really good the process it felt really good I had a really good experience in the academy especially the first three months being a little like wobbly and not knowing if I'll have a spot in the team because, you know, I'm just some club team kid going into Academy and uh, yeah, I started to excel more and more. And that year, I honestly think I grew twice as much of a player as I was before with the help of honestly, Ryan and the coaching staff and my teammates and yeah. Was it was that common for 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 kids to come in that late in the academy setup, or was it more common for people to be in there from the 14s and just sort of go on up, or for whatever the, whatever the bottom? I don't know if it's 12s. I don't know what the youngest group they do or or they do now you know, at the academy. But I don't I don't even know the youngest group they do, but I think it's more common for people to uh, to start younger through the academy, like kind of how they do in Europe and. Honestly, I kind of wish I came into the academy system earlier, but that's just how things work out because uh, most of the players like Griffin, Moses, Kevin, and uh, people that have played with me at Loudon, like Jacob, Jeremy, they all uh, were there for a long time. But there were a couple of people like Adam Lundegaard, uh, one of my two of my Arlington teammates, um, like they came late in the same year as me, so. It's just a whole mix of things, but yeah. What's uh, you mentioned, you mentioned Ryan Martin. What's it been like for you as a young player to have the continuity of coaching from that Academy team now to your first professional team? I don't, I don't imagine that's typical circumstances for a lot of people on their first sort of professional deal to have a familiar face and know someone who knows how they play and knows what they're good at. Yeah. It was really comforting having the same coach and everything. Uh, the thing that surprised me the most was, we had a scrimmage. The first time I ever played with them, we had a scrimmage against 
it was either the 20s or the 23 national team. It was one of the older national teams. And uh, it was a scrimmage up in Maryland a while ago. And Ryan, this was Ryan's first game and everything. He had a bunch of like different players, like from DC sent down and like academy kids that he brought up for the first time. And he had the exact same thing that he would have on the board for the academy. And I was like, what? Like it did. <laughs> funny i'm not gonna lie and uh that really just made it seem like more of a connection between the two worlds you know yeah for sure um it's it's now old news now you've got now two seasons under your belt but i think it's it's worth bringing up first goal first red card in the same game i think that's i think that's a i think i I think i have in my notes here it's a very ben olsen-esque achievement uh, was yeah. that your was that your first red card? I was looking through, so I was trying to find academy records for, for, and I didn't see any red cards on your on your docket. Was that your first red card with DC slash since yeah. you were a kid? <laughs> yeah, that was my first professional red. That was my first since academy. It's, I think the last red card I ever got was like U fourteen, and that was just it was like. Oh my god! It was, it was so a straight long. red too, right? I'm trying to. Remember, I'm, I'm remembering watching the game. I it was. I believe it was a straight red, right? It was extremely uh, <laughs> naive of me to do what I did. So, it's, I think it worked out. I think it was a win too. It was a four-one win. Is that right? Was that uh, what? No, it was. <laughs> never mind. If it wasn't, it's okay. I I just remembered that. I remember that happening. I'm like, hey, goal! Oh, he's gonna. That's gonna be some highs and lows in this game for sure. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if you had to do laps or something after the fact, I don't know why you like maybe sort of no, <laughs> buying in the had, locker room, give you some business. I, had, I went straight back to the locker room and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> and then uh, when we got back into the locker room, Ryan said, good job guys and everything. He gave us a little talk. And then he was like, cool. You're with the Academy this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and, fair. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about 2020, which was a weird season. If there ever was a weird season, um, you know, lots of stop and start. There was no ability between, you know, as in previous years for the cat, for the, for the young players on DC United to go to traffic back and forth. So I, I mean, I'm sure with Ross, I, I remember talking to Ryan at the beginning of the year. I know that was an open question. So roster construction was, was probably taking into account having those players at the, at the disposal. So you had it was a rough season for the team. There's no there's no way around that as far as the results go. You personally, nine games, one goal, um, dealt with some injuries. Um, assess how I mean, you almost have to throw this throw that last year out because it was so so weird. But what 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 did you get out of that year? What did you you know of the of the experience you did get? What did you find valuable and what did what are you bringing into to this season with that in mind? I think the thing I would take away from it as most valuable was the break we had because the season was, it, I mean, it was like you said, uh, not the, yeah. And uh, the period, I don't even remember the time period. I think it was like one or two months, but that time period allowed me to grow more as a person and a player than I think I would say it's uh, the most I've grown second to when I was in the academy uh, on the mental side of the game. And I started doing more disciplinary stuff, reading everything, focusing on the mental side of the game 
uh, I would take away that to, as most valuable because I think that's where I grew the most. Even though if I didn't have the injuries this past year, I think I would have had a better year, obviously, and had more games under my belt and hopefully more goals or assists. And uh, that's what I would take away from it, to be honest. I, I really liked everything that Ryan was sending out and the coaching staff was sending out, whether it was books to read or articles to read and, and little homework that we had to do. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard I saw your interview with him on his uh, on, on Ryan's short lived and hopefully maybe coming back this year's podcast, talking about that with you, talking about the, the speakers they had come in and talking about you were talking about how excited you were about sort of honing the mental aspect of the game and seeing what the other professionals are doing internationally. Like, what are the best do and how can I bring that to what I'm doing here in London? So I thought that was particularly for your age, it's ex- ex- exceedingly like, you know, focusing on the right stuff, particularly when the stuff on the field is not something you can control. So what can you control is preparing and being mentally strong for and resilient. So I thought that was, I thought that was good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, a little more about USL. So I feel like the size of the roster with USL is, is large. I feel like it doesn't offer a lot of continuity in lineups. Um, it seems like there was a lot of in and out last year, last year, obviously is last year, but even, even so since loudness started, I've noticed that the, the lineups change a lot, sometimes by necessity, sometimes by tactics, I'm sure, by Coach Martin, but also just, you know, players will come in in the middle of the season and then start immediately and then start the rest of the year. Center back pairings come in like that. I imagine it's a challenge to establish chemistry when, when there's so much churn through the, have you found that to be the case compared to say your academy days? Yeah, yeah, because with the academy, um... We didn't have to do as much running. The fields weren't as big. There weren't as many injuries. Uh, we usually had the same amount of people. Like in the academy, I started 99.9% of the games in uh, professional leagues and the USL. Like I'm either injured or exhausted or I feel something or I have a knock or something. Uh, I would say the biggest thing would be injuries, and that's why, and just – being able to maintain ourselves and not being able to have to regulate everybody during that period of time, because everybody was doing the same thing, but also doing their own thing. So uh, it is pretty hard to build chemistry that way, even though no matter how much we play together in practice, uh, there is that want to play with the same people every single time. You got a, you've got a long season. It looks like, barring anything ridiculous, you've got a lot of games coming on this calendar. So you'll get, you'll get that. I think that opportunity uh, as you go on to yeah. really establish yourself within the team. What what have you been doing this off season? Typical question for the off season. You know, in light of those injuries last year, probably due to a lot of the stop and start of the season and the training on your own, and maybe not having the same access to facilities and, and everything else that you would in a normal year. What have you been doing to sort of make sure that your body is ready? to for a full season for a full you know normal length season this year uh i would say taking the right amount of time to take a break and step away from it like i did a while back and then really just easing into it with the fitness and the playing and then you start to get your drive back more and more and you want to play more and more and then you start training with more people and better people and I would say just getting the drive back for the grind and loving it every single day because that's 
really one of the biggest parts of being a professional is going in every single day to training and being consistent and loving what you do. Because if you don't, then you're not going to be on the put on the right. field. You're not going to be in the 11 or the 18 for that matter. But yeah, mm-hmm. just really getting back into things and getting back to loving what I do. Do you feel like it was overuse? For, was it, it looked like muscular stuff. It, it didn't look like any sort of structural injuries. It just looked like nagging either hamstring or other stuff. What was, what was the bulk of the issues last year for you? Uh, I had a hip fracture. Oh, okay. I, so not muscle injuries. Well, that came, uh, during the COVID break. So, and I don't even remember when I started to feel it, but that was the first thing. And that's why I was out, I think for the first game when we came back and then for being out for so long, because I didn't run for a couple of weeks because my because your hip was fractured. <laughs> yeah. They had me like walking and doing like some rehab stuff. But other than that, like I couldn't really use my hip flexor at all. Right. So I was at that point unfit and some things weren't in tune with other things. And that's why my groin and my hamstring couldn't keep up. And that was mainly the hip flexor started everything else. Well, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. You were basically trying to get into fitness and get all of your muscle alignment and everything like as the season's going like as you're playing so I, yeah. that, that that definitely accounts for i remember there was one game where i think you subbed on and then subbed off like in the same half oh. that <laughs> yeah that um, that was because the trainer only allowed me to play 15 minutes but i think at that point we were two three zero down yeah ryan knows how i am and how crazy I am, but I'll get people going and I'll get people fired up. So uh, that's why he put me in. And then that's why they took me off because that was my first game back. And I only think I trained for that week or like the two days before that. Um, that makes sense. Uh, Cause I, I don't, you know, obviously the announcers don't have that information. I was like, what, <laughs> what is happening? Um, yeah. So tar- targets for 2021. I, I was reading an interview last year sort of as you were coming in, I think right before that game, potentially before 2020, you were talking about, you know, targets are go in there and win it all, which is a good target to have. I think, I think, I think maybe this year it's about probably personal growth and, and consistency and, and getting on the field and staying on the field. And also, are you, are you guys also tired of playing Hartford? I am, I'm tired of having to see you guys play them. <laughs> That's uh, maybe they are, they are, a, they are a buzzsaw and I don't want to watch them anymore. Well, so what's your what's your hope for 2021 for you and for the team? Well, first off, Hartford, I'll play them any day of the week. All right, good. I just I don't want to drive up there for like <laughs> another time. Uh, it's a pretty long ride. Yeah, uh, especially the next week after week after week. Yeah, you um, guys would just live up there for that. That was a there was a you guys play them like two or three times. I think consecutively. We, yeah, yeah, crazy. It was. Uh, Personal goals, I would say this year I don't want to focus so much on numbers, but focus more on leadership roles and getting my team going. And I don't really care about my own stats, just how what I can do to help the team win. And I honestly think no matter what happens, we just no matter how well I do, I just want to create a formula to win. I think at this point now, the past two years, I don't know about the first year. I think we 
had either an even or a losing record. And this year we had a losing record. So uh, this upcoming year, that's really the main focus. It's all on team priorities and nothing about individual acclimates. And I just really want what's best for the team, no matter what it is. Yeah, I'm. That's that's. I'm sure that that Ryan would love to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan listens to the show. He'll have a big check mark next to your name after that one. Um, so let's talk a little bit about DC, about DC United. I think, um, you know, just seeing the opportunities afforded to the players that you you know came up with, trained with, have played with, Kevin, Griffin, Moses, Jacob, etc., make you more optimistic about both the pipeline that DC United is trying to build and this loud into DC thing. But also, were, were that contract to be offered at a certain point, the opportunities to actually play? I think that that's, do you feel optimistic about the way that DC values its youth and, and wanting to put them forward and see where they can, see how they can grow? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, the past couple of years when, after Griffin's time, they started signing more homegrowns. And obviously that makes everybody more optimistic in the academy. And no matter how young you are in the academy, you're going to see that and shoot for that goal if you want to become a professional. And I think Griffin really set the stone, even though there were homegrowns before him, Mm -hmm. I think he really had uh, any other homegrown to go off of because it was such a new time and he kind of had to do everything on his own, even though I'm sure he had people like Paul and Bill and anybody in the first team that was willing to help him. But uh, I know he's helped Kevin and Moses and, now Jacob with uh, the whole transition and everything. And I think Jacob's signing is really, really good for the Loudon perspective because he started playing with Loudon. They liked what they saw, and then he went up and he signed a first-team contract with his really good friend. That is, that's the goal. I imagine lots of guys on the team are, are saying, all right, so it's, it's, it's achievable. It's doable. I don't have to be long time. I don't have to be a long-term academy guy. I don't have to be. I can just perform well with their eyes on me and get an opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think Jacob did a really good job with that, and I'm glad that he signed that contract because it does create that pipeline for other players. What are the the senior team players? I know you guys have a lot of opportunities where you train together, and I think even more so maybe when you guys are all in the, in the same spot uh, in the summer. But what are what are those players like uh, with the Loudon guys? With you, you particularly, are they, you know? Are they supportive or are they, you know, giving you, giving you stick because they, <laughs> because you're kids and that this is sort of the, the opportunity to, to get to do that on the field. What's that like? What's that dynamic? I think they'll give us sticks sometimes like carrying equipment, but I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's the normal stuff. Right. <laughs> and other than that, uh, no, not really, but in the Loudon area, I do like to, get at the older guys and call them old men and stuff like that just to put them in their place uh i love that i'm sure that they are they're big fans of that because they're like 27 (laughs) you're like you old man boomer people i think people at the beginning of the season last year was talking about everyone was calling him a veteran he's like i'm 20 i'm 27 years old like (laughs) yeah i still pay the same amount of money for car rentals that you do i'm like i'm not even at that level i'm i'm considered a young person but yeah yeah i remember a an article came out the usl put it out and people saw it and they said something about his age i think they made him like two years older in the article like i'm not 29 or 28 right 
that's what that's what made him retire. He was like, if listen, if you're gonna age me, I'm gonna I'm gonna just retire. I'm yeah. like, if that's how old I am, you better get out of here. Yeah. So they're so they're it's not they're not picking on you necessarily, but it's but there is a little bit of ribbing there from the from the DC guys. Not not now. I wouldn't say so because I've been in the team and uh, when Loudon guys go up, DC guys completely respect us. No hate there, or it's all love. And but when I did first come in to Loudon as an academy kid, there is a little bit like like you're you're at the bottom and you gotta you gotta make your way up. And I think I've done as best I can to get up that order. But um, still, when the academy kids come through, you put them in the middle. It's youngest in for rondos and stuff like that, and you just gotta make them spin in circles. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. Sure. You got I think that's fair. I think that they should expect that too. Um, I don't know if you have an answer for this yet. Cause you still haven't started camp yet. And I don't know what sort of your conversations have been with coach Martin, but in the past, there was a big concentrated effort between uh, Olson staff and, and Martin staff to say, all right, we're going to try to play similarly. We're going to, we want to have continuity between the Loudon and, and the big team. You've got a new coach coming in DC, new ideas, new formations, new philosophies, I'm wondering if that has been, do you know, and I have, I'll have Ryan on in a couple of weeks. So if you don't know, that's fine. But like, has that sort of been communicated? Like, all right, well, this is what, this is the new, this is the new plan. We're going to change. Maybe we're going to have to change things up. Maybe you're going to be expected to do different things. Has that, has that conversation happened yet? To your knowledge? Has not happened yet, but I know that Ryan will, no matter what, he will want to play the right way. And I know with the new DC coach coming in and what I have heard and seen from his teams. Uh, I know he was a great player and I also know that he's a great coach and uh, I know he's here to play real correct football and not just kickball and defend. So we're excited. I think everyone, I think you guys are excited about that. I think we're excited about that. I think the DC players, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a new, it's a new era and we're all sort of getting the opportunity to be excited about it before balls kick. Um, last question I have for you, um, before I have, a, I have one question from a listener, uh, and this is sort of a joke question, but as a local who I imagine is not commuting in from DC, how excited for you, are you about the new trading facilities this summer? You, do you guys practice at Segra right now, or do you guys go into the St. James and what's your, what's your current setup? Uh, we always go to Segra, no matter what. Um, two years ago, we used to train at like, the. Loudon Soccer Park, which is like a minute away. It's not even a minute away from Segre. It's like a 30-second walk. But everything is staged at Segre now, locker rooms and everything. Uh, yeah, I'm honestly a lot happier that it's not in D.C. anymore because RFK, going to RFK in the morning, and it becomes – it's really a 30-minute drive for me or 40 minutes can turn into an hour and a half very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. We always used to laugh at the fact that we were thinking that Wayne Rooney was using having to use a porta potty at the RFK training fields, like that that was that that was where his life had gone very quickly from from being at Everton to being like, oh yeah, no no, it's a uh, you go take a right by the raccoon and then there's a old porta potty on a, on wheels that we use. That's what that's where you go. So I'm glad yeah. I'm, I'm glad for everybody that that's you're getting a you're getting a step up there in uh, facilities. Yeah, uh, CJ uh, from Twitter. Wants to know what your preferred position is and what position do you see yourself playing long-term? 
It's a tough question. Um, I would like to play center attacking mid um, or just really anything in the middle of the field, whether it be six, eight, ten, uh, striker, wherever I'm put. I mean, I'll try to perform to my best, but where I want to play and my preferred position would definitely be center attacking mid. I mean, that's where the action is. I don't, I don't, I don't really blame you. I think that also did, did, were you, did you get to play there at all last season or have you been, have you been pretty strictly on the wing and right side of midfield? I was honestly everywhere. I was, I played eight when we got two red cards and, uh, well, two red cards in one game and then, one right card in another game and I think I played eight for both of those games then I played 10 like the last five or six games I played and then the rest I was on the wing I started off on the wing then I went to center attacking mid and I think I played nine one game with uh or two I'm hoping I'm hoping that USL officiating gives you guys a little bit of a break this year it seemed like there were a tremendous <laughs> amount of red cards so many games not finished with 11 so I'm hoping that this uh this changes next year for your, for your, for Ryan having to invent formations with nine guys and seven guys or whatever that we have to do. I'm sure yeah. he's looking forward to that. Well, Ted, thank you for taking time. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that uh, I, I have been excited to watch you on, on Loudon and sort of see where your career goes. I hope you have a, a year of health and an opportunity to really get some major minutes under your, under your belt and provide the leadership that you want to provide to this team. I think that, you know, oh, only way to go is up for here for Loudon after last season. And I think that, you know, I, uh, I hope, I hope that's where we go. I think I know all the fans are, are wanting to see a competitive Loudon side. Thank you, man. I yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to Ted Pietro from Loudon United for joining us on this podcast. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the RFK Refugees podcast. We have a live show every Monday night on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, every single platform ever created at 8.30. And then we also do this second show uh, that we put out on Thursdays. Usually an interview uh, will be sometimes a preview for the upcoming games of the weekend during the season. So make sure you are subscribed to get both of those shows each week. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash RFK Refugees. Um, we, you know, we love any support that you guys want to give the show. Uh, we're looking at doing some new things this year uh, with, with our Patreon. So if that's something that interests you, take a look. Uh, on behalf of Ted, uh, this is John. We will see you Monday night. Vamos.